The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast are those of the host slash guest and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of any of BXR entities and those they represent. Hey, what's up, everybody? I am Nate, your host of the Artist Exchange Radio Show here live only on BeExposedRadio.com or BeExposedMedia.com. Uh, don't forget to check out our website. Check out our old uh, episodes. Uh, Monty, our illustrious engineer and owner, station owner, has been putting up some flashbacks of our previous shows. And you can go to YouTube on the Be Exposed Radio uh, page, and you can look up all the shows from the Artist Exchange from years and years and years ago. And I'll be doing a little uh, cut and paste of some of my best shows because we have an anniversary coming up uh, and I'll be celebrating that this year. Um, but also today we have a couple groups with us. For the next couple of weeks, we'll be interviewing a few uh, gospel groups and singers from a production called The Gospel Truth that will be debuting uh, mid-May. Uh, at Arena Players, the oldest continuously operating African-American theater in the United States. Uh, so definitely check that out. Go to their website at arenaplayersinc.org and you'll be able to get ticket information and schedule of a current show that's coming up in the rest of the season as well. Um, and I'm really excited. I have not been uh, at Arena Players since before the pandemic. Uh, and that was the last show that they did. Uh, Pearlie with Troy Burton and a bunch of other people out. Actually, our director played my wife, Miss Katrina Jones uh, and Pearlie. Uh, so it, it will be refreshing, a little scary because I haven't done any shows since then. Um, but I have been uh, vaccinated fully and I've been keeping my immune system top notch so I can come back and be a part of this great show called um, The Gospel Truth. Uh, and it features several artists and uh, music groups uh, from the Baltimore area and beyond. And they'll be showing their singing range. Uh, unfortunately, I won't be singing in this one, but maybe next time. Uh, without further ado, we have three members of our first uh, guest set of guests from the Sermon Gospel Group. You can go to check them out on Facebook. Um, I don't know if they have an Instagram page, but they do have a Facebook page and you can check out some of their old music. If you look them up on any digital platform, their music is up. I've been listening to quite a few of their songs, but if you all can unmute yourself and I'll bring on Mr. Kenny Colvin, uh, Mr. Brian and Mr. Martin Price uh, to the show. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. How are you all doing? All is well. Glad All to be is, here. Yes, yes indeed. Warm on this cold spring day. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Well, I've met, I believe I've met two of these members. I met Mr. Brian, I met Mr. Kenny. Um, I have not met Mr. Martin, so I'll let him go first this time and introduce himself. And then oh, you thank you, Dave. Glad to on. be here, BXR broadcast. Mm -hmm. uh, Martin Price, my friends call me Skip, except for 
one guy decides he wants to go all off the deep end and call me something else. But that's another story for another day. But uh, like I said, glad to be here, glad to be part of the play. You know, the single sermon for quite some time, first and second tenor. Uh, great group of guys. I couldn't hope for a greater group of guys to be with for all these years. Cool, cool. Mr. Brian? Yes, sir. How are you? I'm doing great. I am Brian Kirk, one of the senior members of Sermon. And I am the one that uh, Mr. Skip is talking about because I call him <laughs> Skippy instead of Skip. It wasn't no go all out. It wasn't no, I added the letter Y. And my wife and my daughter, it's like a term of endearment. And it's been that way for over 10 years, so he should be used to it by now. But anyway, <laughs> I am in the group with these brothers. Um, we've been together almost about 25 years now. And this is, uh, uh, these are my brothers. These are truly my brothers from another mother. And um, I'm just happy to be here. I'm so glad to be a part of this, this uh, uh, show with the Arena Players because mm -hmm. I am an alumni of the Arena Players Youth Theater over 30 okay. years ago. So this is very exciting for me to be able to uh, go back to the theater uh, and uh, now to come do and sing God's praises. So this is really exciting. I appreciate you joining us. And last but not least, Mr. Kenny. Okay, my name's Kenneth Colvin. I am uh, one of the original members of Sermon. I was uh, along with Brian and, and uh, Kevin Harris. We were the original members of the group uh, when we started over 25 years ago. Uh, mm. I am an associate minister. I've been an associate minister for 18 years at uh, New Psalmist Baptist Church. And uh, we've been singing, man, for so many years. Ooh. It's like we can wake up and just hear yes. tune. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we just, and it's just like they said, you know, these are my brothers. Uh, these are my best, my four best friends in the world. Uh, Kevin Harris, Brian Kirk, Dwayne Evans, and Martin Price. Those are my best friends. and. We love singing together. We were even during the COVID time when we were able to get together, we just go and rehearse singing songs just to be able to, to fellowship one with another. Mm -hmm. But we love singing the songs and blessing people with the music of the Lord. That's that's phenomenal. I got to see you all uh, at our rehearsals last week, I believe, uh, and you all were phenomenal. Um, I can't remember the other gentleman's name that was there with you all as well. One of your other Dwayne. members. That, that was Dwayne. Yeah. Dwayne. Uh, yeah. And you guys were phenomenal. I've gotten to listen to some of your music. Um, and actually, the promote one of the promotions for today's show, we played one of your songs, one of the clips of your oh. songs with it. Um, uh, would you all label yourself as a more traditional group? Or how would, how would you all label your style or your Where genre? You know, we're not really quartet music, mm -hmm. although we can sing that. We sing everything. We sing contemporary gospel. We can sing. Well, we started out as an acapella group. Acapella group. Mm -hmm. So we, you know, we and now we perform the track. We've never truly had a dedicated musician with us. Okay. So we did what God gave us the opportunity to do. We learned how to uh, get our harmony together and sing acapella. And then we learn how to sing the tracks. 
Can oh, I correct you, Kenny? We oh, did oh, have a musician. That's how we got our music and our but with our yeah. But no, I said dedicated, which means that dedicated. they're always with us. Right. Our musicians come and go. Time, we had a manager and a musician at the time they were dedicated for the mm. period of time we were with them. But over the course of time that we've been a group, we've never had. In other words, some groups have the same musicians for all of their existence. We've right. never had that. That's what I'm talking oh, right. about when I say oh, dedicated. Right. Yeah. Is that, has that, was that tough? Uh, because I know that's a big part. Um, I know from being in church, that's a big part of, you know, the singers, the praise and worship and the choir. It's just a better feel when you have a musician. Has that hindered you all or was it tough, you know, not having that home uh, group with you all? Well, I'm going to say not at all because we started out a cappella, So we never okay. had a crutch for musicians. We okay. would go out and sing at churches all over Baltimore and, and, and up in Pennsylvania and all over. And we just would do everything a cappella. We would, we would, we would stomp, clap and get our beat together and just roll with it. So we, Mm. You muted yourself. There you go. But you know, it, it did it 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 limited us somewhat in songs that we could sing. You know, some songs that we wanted to sing, uh, mm. we didn't have the music to it. But like he said, you know, we started out a cappella, so we learned how to, you know, and and back in the old days, the old foot patting days in the in the black church. That's how they did it. Mm -hmm. So well, it we, is never too late for y'all to pick up some lessons and somebody play the drums, somebody play the keys. Oh no, we're going through all that. Man, most of us, are, <laughs> most of us are on the you other side it. of social security. So, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think. Fingers that don't move as fast to be playing keyboards. Kevin's been practicing for 25 years. So despite the pandemic, were you all still traveling and performing uh, during the pandemic or before? Before, yes. Okay. During, no. Uh -uh. Okay, okay, okay. Is that something that you're gearing up for now, now that things are starting to open up a little bit more? Yes, no question. When you know, whenever somebody calls for us, if they want us to come, we definitely are willing to go. You know. Yes, sir. Yeah, we definitely yes. That's a that's a definite yes. Once once they started loosening up on the COVID restrictions and we were able to get together, how we rehearse is we go over one of our houses each Tuesday and okay. we rehearse. And even okay. though we had no engagements on the horizon. We still just got together and rehearsed, you know. You should have took that, made that live, put a live stream up and did what the rest of the uh, music artists were doing. I know. Didn't think about that. Yeah, yep. Right, yep. And and then right. we also we also need some computer super literate people to do that. Exactly. You know. Well we you struggle. can call me up. Well, now that you know me, you can call me up and I'll definitely help you go live. Oh, okay. All right, now don't start them. You're not gonna finish now because we're gonna I'm be telling on you. Because we will be on you. <laughs> no you problem. Not, no problem. Yeah. Yeah, so you all we, mentioned that you started out of New Psalmist. Well, uh, we can't just call it New Psalmist. It's uh, its own zip code, probably in a few years it will. Be. <laughs> uh, 
as big as it is. Uh, so were Holy you City of Zion, old church, or uh, did you just join them as they moved into this new mega space? No, we started at the old church on uh, okay. Franklin. I mean, not Franklin Cathedral. Uh, old Frederick Road. Old Frederick how, Road. Okay. How, yeah, how we were formed was Bishop started a men's praise team in 1998 mm -hmm. when they had uh, their first men's conference at New Psalmist. He wanted a men's praise team. And uh, one of the ministers, is the late Donald uh, Sullivan, he asked Donald to get a, from, some guys from the uh, men's choir. We all sang with the Brotherhood Choir at New Psalmist. Okay. And he asked That's Donald cool. to get some, some men from the choir and Donald got six of us together and we started singing. And when they stopped using the praise teams, we kept singing. Mm. Uh, and we went out and uh, sang, you know, first we went out as the praise team, but then we had to change our name and we became Sermon. Okay. That's how the name Sermon came to be. But we were initially, we were initially the vision of Bishop Thomas. So in, in terms of, I, I got a little bit of information when we were uh, at rehearsal, but in terms of just the, the business side of being an artist, uh, because you all have put out an album. Uh, how two. many albums have you? Two, two albums. Two. two. Uh, uh -huh. so in terms of the business side, especially separating yourself from the church aspect of the business, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but in terms of coming, coming into your own as a business, how was that or what was that transition for all of you? Well, when we had a manager before, mm -hmm. they taught, they brought us along with the business aspect of it, you know, because all we did was sing, man. That's all we wanted to do. They were the ones that just spoke to us and spoke it into existence that we should be writing songs, you know? Right, right. And uh, that's how those two uh, CDs that we had came to being. Uh, right. Yeah, they were all songs written by the guys in the group. We each here had uh, two or three songs that we wrote that's on the different CDs. And uh, as far as the business aspect, that, that's how, you know, right now, I pretty much am, in essence, a quasi-manager, so to speak. Engagements come through me and things of that nature. So we just take care of what we have and what we get. You know, that's... Were you all prepared for that? Had any of you all worked in the music business prior to coming into this group? No. Nope. no. Uh -huh. Was that a learning curve or what was that learning curve? I know you said you had a manager, but uh -huh. what was your learning oh, curve? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> the, the, the songwriting was absolutely a learning curve because we never even thought that we were going to go down that avenue. And, and the, the lady that we had, uh, she brought it out of us. She saw something in each and every one of us. And, you know, we were we were blown away that we actually could physically write music and write mm -hmm. a song and put it to music and have it copywritten and do an mm -hmm. album to a CD. So, yeah, yeah it was not on our radar initially, but, but right. she saw the God given talent and brought it out of each of each of us. So and you, you brought up copywriting. So a lot of artists, gospel artists. They typically use hymns. So when you write a song, we understand that that's copywriting. You get what is the what is the uh, process for singing hymns? Something that is free domain, basically. What's the process for that? Well, you know, very seldom do we really sing hymns. 
Okay. Um, you know, we we do a lot of, like I said, now that we have we have over fourteen original songs. Mm-hmm. So now we can sing our our music at concerts. But we, you know, we uh, songs that are similar to our uh, the way we we sing. You know, we'll mm-hmm. sing. We may sing like uh, uh, the uh, Wardlaw Brothers have a song called "Right Now, Lord," which is one we sing. Uh, uh, Charles Jenkins's uh, War, we sing. Um, we also have done the Men of Standards over the years. You know, we, we just take songs that we like and we call them what we do with, with them, what we call sermonizing. If we can't get the tracks, we'll sing them a cappella. So, mm-hmm. you know, hymns, we don't do that often. Oh, Although, you do sing all about him, though. Yeah. <laughs> Him, <laughs> hymns, I'm sure we can do hymns. Right. Uh, if, if, okay. yeah, if somebody was to play, we could do we could do hymns. I mean, some songs that we sing, we didn't even realize they were hymns. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. But in terms of recording them, do you need special permission, or oh yes, you don't yes. need permission. At- yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you have to. Yes, you have to get permission. Yes, yes, okay. mm-hmm. yes. No question. Especially, especially, like you said, if you're recording them, you definitely have to get permission. As far as singing them, as long as you give the artist their, you know, their respect of, you know, saying like, like it's their right. songs. Okay, but uh, that's for music. It, that's for music that someone. I mean, someone wrote a hymn, but at the same time, it, it that's a free domain song. Do you need yeah. permission to to sing a hymn, or now, if it's just okay? Like like you said, by being free domain songs, I don't think we need it. And and you hear me say I don't think because okay. I am not sure, you know. Um, but I don't think that we need uh, mm-hmm. uh to get permission, permission to, to record, sing, right? Okay. Because if it's free domain, that mean anybody could 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 get it and and right. um and sing it. I was always curious about you know how do you how do you get money from singing uh, free domain or how do you register a free domain? Do you have to change it up a little bit or write something into it to make it yours so you can register that version of it? Or I, I never understood that aspect. I know original music, yes, but right. I didn't understand the hymn aspect of it as much. And um, see, where, mm-hmm. you are, where you're at is where we're at. Right. You know, right. We've never done it. We've okay. never done it, right? Okay. I, I I assume that if I were to do a hymn, um, just just like uh uh what's her name um Tamala Mann's version of I can only imagine, yeah. you know that that was done by Mercy Me, and it's a different version, so mm-hmm. I don't I don't know how that would work. But free domain songs, we probably would have to change up how we do it. Like uh um let's right. say uh like Donnie McClurkin does. Uh, great is your mercy. They do it differently. Yeah. And you know, that would be a free domain song. So he changes they change it up, you know. So we would probably have to do it that way as well. A lot of a lot of people sleep on recording artists, gospel recording artists, because they really don't they think you all are just singing hymns or praise and worship and they don't right. understand um one, the tight circle that the gospel community is, um, and you all always have somewhere to play, or um, it's it's its own self-contained, like country or rock music is. You know, mm-hmm. I, you just saw that CC Wan is just swept the 
the Grammys. Uh, her, mm-hmm. her project won five different right. Grammys. I think three of those were personally to her. Uh, right. So gospel is, it could be big business and it has turned into a big business. Um, it's even has crossed over to the commercial side. Yeah, uh, yeah. And pop yeah. music. Uh, yeah. Have, mm-hmm. you all, have you been submitting or have your music been submitted to any of the big award shows or... Oh, no, they don't show the gospel section, but no, uh uh-uh. uh. We we uh, even just we're even just trying to get on the local uh radio stations just you know mm. just to get some playing. So we we were we had done some programs with uh Praise 106.1 okay. uh when they had their uh gospel it was something that they had and we were featured on quite a few of those shows, you know, with right. uh with the uh, the um, announcers that was was emceeing the program, so we got some exposure. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we had a little bit of play on EAA at one point, mm-hmm. but as far as the you know the music, no, we haven't really gotten the exposure on the gospel radio stations in the in the city, which we would love. And you know, if they would just listen, sometimes uh, the local artists, there are some who deserve to be listened to or their music needs to be listened to you know there well I, I think the opportunity is growing because you have a number of gospel artists that are mega art considered mega mega artists that are now uh they have their own podcast like um mm-hmm. erica campbell right um, and I'm, I'm i'm lost with names right now but mm-hmm. a number of them have been growing and i'm, I'm noticing more and more uh gospel podcast growing up uh and people believe that radio is kind of fading out because it's still an old formula for Mm -hmm. how they play music um and gospel music is always every now and again one may break through uh Mm -hmm. the mainstream uh platforms Mm -hmm. but i'm noticing now more of them are doing especially the ones that are connected heavily to their social media right starting to get through um, yeah. Without having to, you know, uh, like the group Murray, Murray they had to kind of switch their music up a little bit so it sounded R&B. But I'm seeing mm-hmm. a lot of traditional music getting through um, and not just the, the the ones that are considered the top of the food chain. Uh, right, and, right, right. Yeah. And like you said, on a lot of things like this platform, you know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, on Facebook or um, different podcasts, we were on mm-hmm. a station. That played. We had our own station okay, on a, okay. uh, at one point. That you know, we played every all kinds of gospel music. But you know, every third or fourth song would be one of our songs that we had right, wrote. Right. So it was okay. a way of, a way of us getting some exposure that way. And we'd probably have to go back to that. I think eventually I'm going to look into going back there and having it. Uh, trying to have a station where we could put it out, like you said, as a podcast where we maybe could do that as well as having something like this where we have uh, Christian artists and gospel artists come and speak on uh, the nature of the business. It is a trend and it's definitely many, not not just for it to be trendy, but there are plenty of artists that are starting to open that door. So we see more and we hear more of the gospel because it was very unfortunate that CC Ron has won all of those awards and none of them were broadcast. So nobody right, exactly. saw it, but it exactly. was just still phenomenal that she was able to, after all these years being in it, uh, being mm-hmm. on it. And now we go have the second, 
the versus battle, this is the second gospel group that will be uh, showcased. I think it's between CC Winers and BB Winers versus uh, oh, Mary Mary group. I am so, so looking forward to that. Right, and, and, that, and that, that was the second one that they've had so far. Oh, okay. No, and I mean, and I mean, you know, when they had shows like uh, Sunday Best, yes, yes, which was a yes. spinoff of a gospel spinoff of uh, American Idol and the Voices and all of these kind of things. I, yeah. you know, I enjoyed that because you saw a lot of talent, mm -hmm. uh, talented mm -hmm. artists come through. You know, and I uh, and I hope that they would uh, bring that back because you know yeah. that that's a, a a vehicle that we need for exposure. For gospel music, yes, you know, I definitely agree. I can't remember the the gentleman's name. He was an older guy who had that same platform because I remember listening to that before there was an American Idol and all that. You talking yeah. about Bobby Jones? Bobby Jones. That wasn't yeah. really competition, but he exposed a lot of yes, he did. Artists right. old he right. yeah. but, mm -hmm. uh, I think. Um, that show, this new reality show was really, it was really great because a lot of artists that would not have gotten a chance right, right. to be mm -hmm. able to be seen have mm -hmm. won and moved on and done yeah. great. I think one of the singers I actually hear from Baltimore, uh, the young man who won. So it's a lot of, it's a mm -hmm. lot of uh, competition shows, but I'm glad that that one has, uh, did get through. Uh, and I yeah. hope they bring it back because it was uh, a great show. And you know, Bobby Jones, yes, it was yeah, a great yeah. Both of these shows were on BET. Yes, Bobby yes. Jones Gospel was on BET back mm -hmm. in the original so was Sunday beginning Best. of yeah, yeah, Sunday yeah. Best. Yeah, both of them were on BET. So, like mm -hmm. you said, I really hope they come back, man. I I enjoyed it on Sunday evening, seeing something different. You know, mm -hmm. I used to watch The Voice. I like, I just love music, and I love yeah. hearing good voices. But I don't like the voice that much, and and I have to say this because oh, wow. I, I, I see I am I know I see some <laughs> of the some of the better artists that I think should be the winners, and they don't right. win. And they don't well, win. it's because it becomes a popularity contest versus yeah. your talent. Yeah. yeah, that's where a lot of those competition shows have gone wrong. Mm -hmm. They make it more. The voting becomes the the thing versus yeah. the yeah. performance aspect. And we you know, had a couple people that have gotten through, like the mm -hmm. Fantasias, you know, yeah, who had, yeah. started from, you know, nobody thinking she was going to win to winning. And even Leandra Johnson being mm -hmm. the same yeah. way where they were right. undeniable talents. Mm -hmm. But it's gone mm -hmm. to popularity and what your yeah. story is and, you know, yeah. your fan base. And it's just, it's not, it's unfortunate. Because mm -hmm. the music is really, especially in our culture, yeah. uh, it's, it's turned into, you know, yeah. who's the popular, not who's the best. But right, the right. Best. right. Yeah. And you know, just just like with the voice, when the when the when the judges are picking the artists early in the shows, then right. you see the talent come to the forefront. But after that, like you said, it becomes a popularity contest right. when the, right. the people in the country have to pick. And if you're not watching it, then the artist that you may think should win doesn't get the mm -hmm. votes that they need. So, you know, it becomes a popularity thing, so. And then again, a lot of that, when you're voting, we as a culture, as in, I'm gonna say it, black folk, we won't get on there and support and and, and put the telephone up and, and you know what I mean? Yeah. And vote yeah. on it, but the other ones yeah. will. 
Yeah. And, yeah. You know, when, 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 we're, when we're looking at the artists, like, you know they sound better than those other artists. Mm -hmm. You can see the spirit. You can feel it. But yeah. you got to get on that phone and do what, even if you do, it's still not enough of us doing it that makes right. a difference. Right. So we're going to take our first commercial break. We'll be right back in a few minutes to the Artist Exchange Radio Show with a little bit more from these guys called Sermon, the Gospel Group. Uh, so don't go anywhere. Okay. We'll be right back on the Artist Exchange Radio Show. Can I speak? I've always been an open book, and it was time to write the story that God has been preparing me to share. Dear Tombstone is a glimpse into all of the hardest things that I've dealt with and that were sent to kill me, deter me, and delay me from fulfilling my purpose that God has set over my life. is a journey down memory lane for me, but hopefully it encourages you to tell your story. It's now available on Amazon. Mm -hmm. It's a problem when you don't take the time that's normally dedicated to others and you make that about you. Now you're narcissistic. Now you are, you know, conceited. Now you, you selfish. Know, you're selfish. And then, and uh, my pastor told me a long time ago, you're in a selfish season. And my selfish season has been prolonged so long because I would still go against that and go against my better judgment and my my needs to make sure other people had it together. And it's just doing something to me. Like, it really is affecting me mentally right now because I am uh, I'm seeing how people are addressing a lot of these uh, mainly like uh, celebrity issues but that trickles down to how we deal with each other. It really, it really, it, I don't understand how somebody has never portrayed this type of behavior before. And they begin to do this one, they did this one thing once or they began to do this. And all of a sudden, yes, they've changed, but right. they've built up some type of trust in you where you like, some got something else got to be going on for him to do something like this. It's instantly, and it was, it, I, in this incident with Will Smith, one, I want the white people to shut the fuck up. This, this, this shut up. We don't care how you feel. We understand that this was your club for so long, and Will Packard has got into this and made it something totally different. Mm -hmm. I didn't. But I am looking at the ones that look like us. The Wanda Sykes, um, many of the comedians, if not all of them, who have taken this selfish role because they can't, they can't pivot themselves. They can't think of anything that's not disrespecting somebody else. And telling a joke about somebody who came to a comedy club to laugh is wrong. Like that's just 
Yeah. Yeah. came there that day to win an award, not visit a comedy show. Right. That's, that's just where it is. And it's just... They are um, attached to so many different businesses and great entities here in the city. If you have a business, you definitely want to put your business out there, commercial, shout out, anything, and sponsor one of the great shows that's on here on Peaceful's Radio. Hey, what's up? Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Artist Exchange Radio Show here live only on BigSportsRadio.com. I want to say, first of all, thank you all to all the supporters, the people who have been supporting me throughout the years here on Big Exposed Radio, uh, and all the people who have been coming on, our guests, like our guests that we have today, Sermon, the Gospel Group. If you follow them on Facebook, it's under Sermon, the, Go- the Sermon Gospel Group uh, on Facebook. So check them out, follow them, support them, book them. Uh, how y'all doing, fellas? Doing What's good, still. Yes, indeedy. Well, uh, Mr. Ron, I think yours is still muted. That's good. You want to keep his muted? Really? <laughs> so I'm gonna go over to Martin for a second. Really? Uh, can you tell us uh, what has this group been for you? How has it been being in this group? Oh man, uh, let's put it this way. See, that's a story behind how I got in this group. I got fired. Yeah, no, 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 nobody got fired. I came to New Psalmist in 1996. Okay. Just the uh, pastor's men's class and was blown away. 300 men in men's study and wound up staying. So I think it was in 97, I started the Brotherhood. No, the mocks or something else. In 98, I came on the Brotherhood. And I was listening. I was sitting in the, uh, what brought me to the Brotherhood was I was sitting in the the uh, Narthex, not in the Narthex, in the, uh, in the audience, let's just say, mm-hmm. in the chapel, in the, in the sanctuary. And uh, the Brotherhood was singing. I hadn't got on there yet. And I heard these guys singing. And I was blown, you know, I was just blown away. So then we started coming to Brotherhood Rehearsal and the late Dave Scruggs, who was the original member. Okay. I uh, kept talking to him about it. He said, okay, man, look, we're gonna have rehearsal. So he taught me the song. There is none like you. He said, you gotta learn the song. You learn the song, Mike can, Mike can put you in there. At the time, <laughs> the late Mr. Donald Sullivan was doing some other things. So I came in, he told them, you know, they, they met me from the Brotherhood, but didn't really know me yet. 
came up to Minister Kenny Colvin's house. We started, you know, started rehearsing that song and I started singing. And it was like, okay, he got it. <laughs> he got it. So I've been, I've been like a tick on the dog, as Brian would say. Oh, I would not go nowhere. I wasn't going nowhere. Yeah, he wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't going nowhere. We couldn't get we couldn't get rid of him even if we, we wanted to. No. For any of you, I knew outside of being on the choir at New Psalms, were any of you singers independently? Nah. No. My, well, all my family. No, sang. not like professionally. Not independently. Yeah. 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 Now, I, was, I sang with a group. I was crazy. People who have so much talent. They don't even be doing that thing or performing, yeah. especially the artists. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I've been singing since I was seven years old in church, man. Okay. You know, okay. My my first solo was at seven years old <laughs> at mm -hmm. a Christmas at a Christmas program. Somebody got scared and wouldn't sing, and I told them I could sing the song, and I started then and stole been singing ever since. Sure and, did. Ain't seen a microphone he don't like. Ain't seen a song I don't like yet. Unless it doesn't work. That's right. <laughs> then you don't need it if you're a yeah. real singer. That's right. That's uh, so, right. Mr. Brian, uh, tell me a little bit about your, your life in this group. Um, It's been great. Like like we said, uh, we started in the Brotherhood for uh, uh, a choir of 300 brothers, and then out of that, we had the Dirty 30, as we called it. They were the ones that would always show up for every ministry, for every church, for every outing that we went to, you always mm -hmm. had that core group. And mm -hmm. uh, I was just one of the dirty 30. And, and mm -hmm. uh, the relationship just grew from there. And uh, I, I, back in the day, I used to sing in a secular group. And I sang, I, I sang on the, in the, all my life in the choir and the youth choir and all that other stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, my secular group name was MWB. Mm. And that was men with beards, <laughs> 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 like SWB sisters with voices. <laughs> men with beards. So that's mm -hmm. what we called us, and we would we would go around to different little venues and stuff like that. It wasn't anything, nothing near like this. Mm. But um, I just knew gospel was more my calling because as I was singing secular, I could sing, but I didn't. It didn't have soul. It didn't have spirit in the in the songs that I was singing. I was singing and doo wopping, but once I crossed over and physically totally got into gospel music, it's like this is my niche. This is where I'm supposed to be. So even my voice changed. I could get different notes and stuff. I started out kind of like a first and second tenor. Those days are gone. I'm I'm strictly tenor now, <laughs> tenor and bar and little baritone. I don't have that first tenor like I used to. Like reasons of uh, uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Oh, I used right. to blow reasons, hit every note. But the reasons why I can't do it now is because of, you know the old life. So, <laughs> well, you were we made new to have that last through now. But I still carry all right when uh, mm. uh, uh, in my tenor tone so that's why my note that's why my nickname we all have nicknames that that skip skip gave us i see it doesn't even sound right i gotta say skippy it does oh, no. he gave us nicknames for all of us 
And my nickname is Q-Tone because I keep everybody on cue and everybody on pitch and countdown and all when we start. So everybody has their own little uh, 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 role that they play within the group. I mean, going to, first of all, why did the group separate? Why did y'all decide to separate from uh, being a part of the church ministry and then going off on your own independent career with it? That, that was, was the church of decision. our bishop. Yeah, okay. that was the church decision. That was a church yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. They, they, they started just disbanding the praise teams and was going with the choirs. And okay. um, I mean, because we did a lot of music out of the church. We used okay. to do all of the prayer breakfast and discipleship breakfast. And I mean, they used us quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But once they, uh, whatever the transitioning was, disbanded and said they weren't going to do it anymore, they just had pretty much the church, quote unquote, praise team. And they okay. had the few that they used all the time. When we were like, well, we're not stopping. You know what I mean? God has a calling on this group. So we just, uh, then our, our, our brother Kevin, who's not here today, he is the one that came up with uh sermon. And I just need to interject right quick that uh, our brother Kevin is down in Virginia now because his mom had a stroke and his mother is our mother. Our, our families are so intertwined that we're all related. Literally. It's just like we, mm-hmm, we are mm-hmm. all family. So it touched right. us, and I just want to send out special prayers and shout out yes. to Mama yes. Gaines, who is Mama down Gaines. in uh, Virginia, in the hospital. But I know God has got a couple because she's ninety-five years old mm. and will outdrive, outrun, outcook, <laughs> out everything, all everybody. I'll she's joke you. a yep. strong woman. <laughs> so I'm just praying that God's strength and he of healing powers is going to get her back to where he is and get Kevin back up here safely. And his travel. Yes, yes. Uh, it's, it's something about um, being an artist and being, especially being, I know, musicians, it's just a tight-knit, you instantly are tight-knit. And I'm coming from the theater world, so it's really tight. Um, and it's really about the ensemble and just staying together. So I hear a lot of these groups speak about the same thing and how close you are. Where do you all see this going in the next five, ten years? <laughs> <laughs> ten ten years, we'll be we'll be singing in a nursing home for some. Someone will speak for yourself. Speak for yourself. Yeah, ten years of seventy eight. I don't think I we be trying. To, I I'll be trying to go on uh the uh what is it, the gospel award show. Uh, right. You never know. You know. Look at the Shirley right. Caesars of you. Them. Right. Like, you know. Okay. You never yep. know. You right. Okay. So okay. Mighty yeah. clouds and all that. They still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know, th- that would be great if we could, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I, one of my desires, I can't speak for everybody. I've always wanted us to have a musician, you know, somebody with the vision to play yeah. music. Because how yeah. we wrote these songs were uh, when we had our musician, his name was Minister Larry Stevenson. Yep. And Larry would, I would come up to rehearsal and Larry would play some music. And he would say, Kenny, put some words to this music. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's how we created some of these songs. And, yep. you know, for the years yep. to come, if we ever were able to get a dedicated musician, 
to play for us, I think we could we could expand and expound mm -hmm. on a lot of what we do, you know. So when you say where we can see it going, I could see it mm -hmm. continuing on the way it is. I mean, look, none of us uh, 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 had the visions of grandeur of maybe being, uh, you know, nationally renowned, renowned artists. Hopefully some of this music gets out of there and that would be great. But mm -hmm. the mere fact that we're serving uh, serving the Lord and singing and using the gift that He has given us for His glory makes it mm -hmm. all worthwhile. That's man. it. So, and you never, yeah, you never know. I mean, in the midst of this play, you have a very talented musician uh, who kind of mm -hmm. plays under the the radar, and we'll have him on here shortly as well. Seven Brown, uh, he's mm -hmm. a part of this uh, cast as well. He's a mm -hmm. phenomenal. So who knows? He might, he might step in and help you all. That would be man. That, that would, would that be would wonderful. Really, yeah, that would really that, be great. Yeah, whatever yeah. the Lord wants. Because you know we get a lot of engaged. You know, before COVID hit, we mm -hmm. were on a website called Gig Salad. Okay. Okay. Uh, mm -hmm. you, have you ever heard of that? Mm -hmm, mm hmm. Okay. And I mean, Gig Salad. At one point, I think in 2018, we did 24 engagements in a we year's time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and these were paid engagements, you know. So, yeah. you know, we, we were getting the exposure. We we sung as far up as uh as uh New Jersey and as far down as uh Virginia. We haven't hit the Carolinas yet, but we've been offered to go to those places, you know. So we got a little bit of notoriety there, people that know sermon, you know. And it's really just sermon, you know, the gospel group. Mm -hmm. I gotta I gotta change that because that website that you use is an old website on Facebook. We, if you mm -hmm. look, we have two. We have two Facebook pages. Okay. One is just okay. one is just sermon, and then mm -hmm. the other that sermons gospel group. That's the oldest one. The okay. the the most recent one is just sermon. Okay. You know so. And, and it's, it's very it's very fortunate that you all have found each other and are in the midst of uh, especially your spiritual selves. And connecting that with your brotherhood because we have a lot of people uh we have a lot of people who have not um uh been as fortunate mm -hmm. and they aren't you know they're they're just you know doing their own thing and they they it becomes about self so yeah just yeah. bands and members you know have probably moved on or mm -hmm. you know stopped coming but as long as you keep that nucleus together i think mm -hmm. anything is possible Especially mm -hmm. when you start being consistent, uh, mm -hmm. and as you all have been uh, going to programs yeah. like this, you know, coming together for a production shows that you all are unified in your mission, steadfast mm -hmm. um, in it. But um, I want to get y'all's information. Uh, let people know where they can find you at, how they can book you, where we can find your music at. Um, as we transition into uh, uh, the next group that we have coming up. Mm -hmm. Well, I want to say something real quick that I just Wait, found say out. Say something. <laughs> because through my daughter and my wife, we are on TikTok that I did not know. There is a something on TikTok Everybody where watching. you can you can use our music. Like when people do those little TikTok videos and yeah. do those little skits that they yeah. do, they can use our music. Yes. Three, four of our songs from our, I forget exactly which CD it was, but exactly. four of our songs are on there where they can use as background music to do their own little skits and stuff. And I thought that was really, really nice, but I'm like, 
Okay, well, when are we getting residuals for this? How do y'all just get on me? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I'm upset because I the same you know, thing. Because because my daughter was like, "Daddy, this is you. This is your song right here." That's all. I'm like, we haven't done anything on TikTok. What are you talking about? So she pulled it up, and I'm like, uh-huh. it's four of our songs that you can tap on and get little whatever the time span is, little clips, excerpts of our music, and you so can we'll, use it to do yeah, your little skits and yeah, stuff. We'll I'm talk. Like, wow, we'll talk cool. I'll talk to you all. The money outside of this because that's the same thing I did. I, I They let you use a clip of a song, up to 30 seconds of it, to put right. on your video. So the advertisement for this, I used a couple of couple different of your songs each okay. day. Okay, and we put, didn't put it on there though. Well, because mm-hmm. your music is already out there. Your music is yeah. registered. Everybody's yeah. music registered. They go through certain production and publishing companies and they buy your time from that. So mm-hmm. you can get a residual from them being able to use it on their platform, but mm-hmm. not the individual users. But if you, you is a way to do that, and it's a way to get yourselves out there. So we can we can definitely talk afterwards, and I'll uh, be able to put you in contact and help you out from what I know. Uh, oh, but you realize that Thank you. to promote okay. your actual music. Okay, so well, it's really wonderful, and it, it helps. A lot of artists don't like it because they feel like people are getting their music for free. But mm-hmm. then you can't, you know, you either go only sell music or you go tour. So that those clips help people to see you. And then eventually it will help people to book you as well. So mm-hmm. it's, it's helpful. Okay. So on all the platforms, they now have a aspect where they you can play a snippet of somebody's music and put it on your video or something. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's probably more people that know you than you think they know you. Than we even realize. <laughs> right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, right now, like you were saying about contacting us, um, mm-hmm. you know, well, Gig Salad was the best way before, but when COVID hit, we stepped off of that. But right now, if anybody was interested in, in uh, you know, having us come do an engagement, they could just email me. Okay. You know, um, and what's that email address? That email address is Kenneth, followed by an underscore, the letters Ara A, V as in Victor, E, at Verizon.net. Okay. That's my email address, and they can contact me, and and I will I check my emails every day. So if, if somebody needs a, a gospel group, they want some men to sing in a men's program or any kind of program, you know, we're, 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 we're definitely ready. Uh, you know, with COVID kind of being uh, in the rearview mirror, you mm-hmm. know, we're kind of ready to get started again. So, Well, you have, uh, and we'll be seeing you live on stage uh, in May at Arena Players. You'll yes. have albums, sure. your, your CDs for sale. So definitely come on out, check these brothers out. They are phenomenal. And I'm going to vouch for them because I don't, I don't like this anything. Oh, praise God. If the rest Thank of you, to God be the glory. anything close to what the three of you were, I'm thoroughly impressed. And oh, I, love yeah. a good, I love a good gospel song. It just puts uh, your soul together. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, we just well, missing yeah. out uh, high yellow brothers. Yeah, you, you, yeah, we missing out LSBs, we call them, <laughs> light-skinned brothers. Light-skinned brothers. <laughs> Well, yes, I'm the brothers, so I, I got you a little taste of your chocolate and your dark chocolate. So mm-hmm. you got yeah. all your flavors of everybody. You got a little flavor for everybody. So I appreciate you all. I'll see you all appreciate. in rehearsal. Uh, Thank thanks you. We again. appreciate you. Appreciate so for having us. I appreciate it. So we're going to take a quick commercial break. Uh, 
So we're gonna take a quick commercial break and we have two more lovely young ladies or two young ladies coming up with us. Uh, the Sheilas. Uh, yeah. And we interviewed yeah. them after the commercial break. So They're great. They're a mother-daughter group. They're really good. Phenomenal. Uh, but thank you, brothers. I appreciate you. And appreciate we will you, see Nate. you all in May. All right. Thank you, Nate. God bless you. Thank you, Nate. God bless you. All right. We'll be right back here on the Artist Exchange Radio Show. You can train and certify over 10,000 students in 10 years. We can renovate over 10,000 houses in 10 years. This is the Inner City Trade School Project, sponsored by Get With The Program. It's our time, and it's our turn. Feel like once we address once we address the needs of the students, we can ensure that they'll be successful in the program. The main idea is to know the safety of the program. And black lives matter. Yes. We're going to show you how much black lives matter because we have a solution to the problem. This school will help change the mindset of our young black men. And that's what we're trying to do, bring pride back to our community. Substance use, pain and management. Um, so here at the inner city trade school, that's what we're uh, trying to build. That's what we're trying to create an environment for our people to thrive. other thing we um we spoke on too was um entrepreneurship mm -hmm. um type things and i'm already in that phase where i do want to like do something on my own yes please. and <laughs> that brings me into the next thing where that's in the next thing is short term like the business consultant thing that that's gonna be long term like i want to yeah. do that up until retirement like mm -hmm. i feel like i will take pride in that i will enjoy it, and that will be something that i'll wake up in the morning and be like all right What's next? What challenge is next? Like, let's I love go. It. So, um, well, the short-term thing is um, what I'm doing right now, my free time, um, and that I hope does become something, and then I can make it something. Um, is basically like content creation in uh, in the gaming world. Okay. So, like how this is, this is a live stream. Mm -hmm. um, I do game live streams where I just like you can say it, I play games and just. Well, and you watch me. I love it. <laughs> listen, it's, it's like that. Listen, I love it because I'm learning as, and I would admit, as a very ignorant person to anything techie, basically. Um, and I mean to the bare minimum. Like, yo, I really should just have a flip phone or a beeper. Um, oh. Okay. Now we don't have to have that look of disappointment, but moving on. Uh, <laughs> so, like, I. Uh, How are you? Welcome back. Welcome back to the Artist Exchange Radio Show here live only on BigSposedRadio.com. 
we've heard from sermon and now we'll hear from the Sheilas. Uh, I, I don't, I think that's their stage name, uh, but we're gonna learn more about them. Uh, they are actually a mother and daughter duo, a praise team in and all of themselves. Uh, so we have on air, uh, we have Ms. Khadija Shamim, am I saying it right? Hameen. Hameen, Hameen, I said Shamim. Hameen. Uh, and we have, can you introduce yourself? Nila Hameen. There we go. Uh, so I first met them uh, in rehearsal. They're also a part of this production called uh, The Gospel Truth. Uh, and they are mother-daughter duo, preachers, uh, evangelists, and great singers. They were, I would not have expected them to, all that sound to come out of them. But as I walked into rehearsal, they were singing and they were doing their thing. So um, without further ado, how are you ladies today? Doing well. Doing very well. Doing, well. Doing very well. Can you uh, tell us a little bit about, so I'm gonna ask each one of you a little bit about yourself or introduce yourself uh, to the audience. Uh, <laughs> I can go first. Mm -hmm. So um, I am a watch care minister. Okay. And um, this is kind of new to me, this interview, and I really want to thank you for having us on. Thank you. Um, so uh, my whole background is more of church, church mm -hmm. and church. <laughs> I grew up in a, a home with a big family. And um, we basically started out, you know, with the unmodern way of life. But my parents, they were singers. They um, opened up for the Dixie Jubilees. And there was always singing around the house. So that's how that influenced me or inspired me to sing. Uh, however, um, you know, we went to church a little, but um, when I got 13 years old, that's when I was introduced to Jesus. And that has changed my life for the rest of my life. So right now I am living here in Baltimore, and I'm a watch care minister of Holy Temple Church of God. And okay. that church is, an, it is a branch of our headquarters church, the Christian Temple Assembly Church of God, which is in Camden, New Jersey. And I also have a radio broadcast that I'm uh, broadcasting every Friday and Sunday. And that show is the Pastor Sheila Hamoun Show. Okay. So, uh, that's so. Is that Kojic? Is that what is considered Kojic? No, um, okay. it's I believe that our late general overseer he was part of Kojic, okay. But the Lord led him out from okay. that, so it is, um, you know, the root of it, okay, is Kojic, okay, yeah. And how about you, young lady? So, both of your names, by the way, is Sheila. Correct. Okay, there we go. There we go. So yeah, young, so, so daughter. <laughs> <laughs> so um, coming like I guess uh, after after my mother, her uh, coming from church, she that's what she instilled in my brothers and I as well. Mm -hmm. So I've been in the same church since I was uh, one year old, 
a child and um, I never strayed and I give glory to God. I um, am currently in school uh, receiving my uh, PhD in psychology. So I'm super excited. This is my last semester, so I should be graduating. What's your specialty? Research. What, what will be your special? Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's like research psychology. Okay. So, um, the same how the same way that she expressed that she uh, there was a lot of singing in uh, her household growing up. She continued that tradition, and so <laughs> I, I just have a love of it, and I just enjoy doing doing it for the Lord. When did you know you wanted to sing? Though I know growing up and and it just becomes a part of your nature, but at some point when you go outside and you're still doing it, how did you realize you? That's what you love. You have a both of you have a phenomenal voice. Uh, but when did you learn you wanted to sing? Um, so when I was when I was a little, very little girl, uh, growing up in in the church, there is this. And she's still there as an evangelist, and she. I've never heard anyone sing like her. And I remember when I was a little girl, just looking at her sing, and the church would go up and. Uh, people were delivered, you know, crying. And I was like, I want to sing like her. And mm. I was just, I admired her so much so. And um, so I was very young when I knew that I wanted that gift. I wanted that. Did you discover that? Was it soon after that that you discovered it in yourself? Or did it take some time for you to self-discover that talent and that gift? Honestly, I, I, I always say that I enjoy singing. I, don't, I never say um, that I'm so good at it, but um, I, I was, I remember singing and, and enjoying it. And when I was 19, that's when I gave my life to the Lord. Even though I grew up in church, I still um, gave my life to the Lord when I was 19. Mm -hmm. And I started playing the piano and my voice changed. I was a soprano mm -hmm. um, prior to that. And I was comfortable singing there, but when I started playing the piano, it, it, my voice it altered, it changed as a different quality to it. And that was really difficult to get used to at first. And I feel like I've pretty much accepted it now. And um, so I'm like, I know God, I know you, I know you allowed me to do this and I, I really do enjoy doing it. And it was something I had to, to accept. So I would say um, more so now than when I was younger, I've accepted that uh, that this is kind of the, the way that I'm supposed to go. Well, I'm gonna record you the next time and then I'm gonna send that recording to you. So you can hear with the rest of us here uh, because your voice was, I heard, I walked in hearing you sing first and it was just, I, and then to hear you all talking afterwards and it just, and you just came back down from that. Like that is a phenomenal gift. And I've always loved listening to singers, uh, being in choirs and stuff like that. You're a part of it, but it's mm -hmm. something to be able to sit in the audience and hear, especially someone ministering to you through song. I, I, I really take that not for granted uh, when you are in the presence of somebody who has that talent, but it's a gift. Uh, and because everybody can learn to sing, but if it's in you, it's in you. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of you both singing together, when did that start, or was that just 
a part of the service and church of it all? No, that, that pretty much started when I was a little girl. I remember getting up on Saturday mornings, mm -hmm. my brothers and I, and my mother would downstairs playing either the guitar or the piano, and she would make up songs. And we, she taught us the songs, and we would all just fall in line and sing with her every Saturday morning. And, and then when we, you know, we'll go to church, of course, we sing together as well, but it's just something. And then sometimes if she's cooking, she might start a song. One of us will start a song and we just join in with each other. I, I love that. And you, you hear, especially within the gospel realm, you hear so many families passing down that tradition of song mm -hmm. and music. And it's, it's a phenomenal thing uh, when you have a family full of musicians and singers and performers, but you've taken it a little bit further and you have been doing plays and, and acting as, as well. Yes, Can you yes, touch yes. on how you got into that field as well? Yes, I was in my master's program uh, mm -hmm. for, for community counseling and we did a role play. Um, and I, one of the one of my one of the students uh, was the counselor or therapist, and I was the client. And I did such I did a good job, and it was so good that people were they actually believed me. And the professor mm. said, "I think you missed your calling." She was like, "You know, theater," and I was like, "Huh?" And so I just went to I, I googled theater, and arena players came up, and um, it came to me like. Well, the worst thing that can happen is that you get a call back. <laughs> so, <laughs> just so I went to I went because I am kind of a little you know socially avoidant, and so most I was like, most actors like are, believe it or not, most actors are extremely shy. Wow, wow, and and I did hear a quote uh, or read a quote rather that said that um, acting gives introverts a voice, mm. and so that makes sense. That makes sense, mm -hmm. but um, so I I I I uh, apply applied. I tried out. I auditioned, and I got the call back. And I my first show was with David Mitchell at Arena Players. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was it was it was awesome. Um, seven guitars, and I, okay. I my character was Louise, and um, I loved it so much. I just I just mm -hmm. never stopped. I never stopped. August Wilson has that, and not not to take away from David or you, but August Wilson has that way of pulling you in he because does. his stuff is so wordy. And that's one of his only pieces where women need to step outside, other than yeah. um, Gem of the Ocean, um, and maybe mm -hmm. a couple more. But it's most of his pieces are surrounding the men. But that's oh, one of the pieces where the women get to step out and be prominent as well, or equal to the men roles as well but that's a big piece to start off with and yes. she's one of the leads in that play yes yes <laughs> she was she, i don't think i've ever done a character since then that i've enjoyed so much mm -hmm. and it could be because she was my first but i just i love i love yeah her. and it and that's one and it, to be honest that's one of the pieces that people don't do at all, he has a mm -hmm. uh, out of all his pieces. That's probably one of the ones that's done least that play. So for you to be able to step in, and I'm thankful for David for exposing people to that one because most people don't even think that's August Wilson. But um, I'm a fan, as you well can see. But yeah, yeah. But as a mom, uh, 
as a performer, as you know, a pastor and a minister in your own right, uh, how how does it feel to see something that was given to you? You're now witnessing that flourishing your own children. Oh, um, I just that makes me feel a great sense of pride and accomplishment. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I give all glory and honor to God because mm -hmm. it was my desire to steer my children to Christ, mm -hmm. to, to have them establish their own relationship with mm -hmm. the Lord, not just witnessing by watching my life, which mm -hmm. I strived to be a good example and not say everything but actually live it right and whatever i said i would uh, just live what i preach yes if, if i wanted them to do it then i had to be the first partake mm. so i was trying to lead by example um and so now i see the fruits of my labor and that they are definitely not in vain and i i'm grateful and i'm very happy to see how God is blessing my children, uh, my daughter especially, she um, has dedicated her life to the, to the Lord and the walk that she has carries a great light and it is a guide for many, not just people in her age range or peers, but older and younger, it's, it's like a magnet. And she draws people, they think, to her, but it's actually, they are draw, being drawn to Christ. Mm -hmm. you know, and that makes that light. me quite happy. That light mm -hmm. is extremely bright. Mm -hmm. And I give all glory to God. And I'm really happy that she chose for herself. Yeah. So I, I put the example there, but the, ultimately the decision had to be from her and she decided to give her life to Christ. And I can see how greatly the Lord is blessing her. And in her singing, that singing is a ministry. It's a ministry because it will minister to the hearer. Mm. And God is getting the glory out of that. You know, so I'm, I'm just happy that she has that ministry. Um, and the things that she described somewhat kind of happened to me. I noticed that I'm starting to, I wanted to learn how to pick the guitar. And I also wanted to play the piano. I just, you know, I, mm -hmm. I think a lot of people have this desire. They really want to play music and they want to sing, but uh, we may not have everything on the same level as someone else. But then once I started, playing the uh, piano and the guitar, and my voice changed. So some, somehow, God, I can't fully describe it, but he changed it because of the ministry that we have to deliver to those in need. It's, it's, uh, there's a lot of conversations within the gospel community, within the church realm, a lot of people, and I just heard the same conversation on, um, uh, CC Winans has a generational show with her daughter and her mom. And it, it, this conversation, I 
keep hearing it come up with the idea of forcing your children to attend church or to declare a religion at a young age. Um, and this, this is what I'm seeing in front of me right now. When you make church interesting, when you let people bring themselves to church, including children, um, and let their interests develop, uh, you won't have a problem with getting them there or forcing them to come. Because I can remember being forced to come and it was kicking and streaming. And then as an adult, it was a choice I made. I went on my own and I made that choice for myself. And it really, it really matters if there's interest. It's the same way we do leadership training in church for adults. I think the same thing should be happening for children so they know what their spiritual gifts are. So they're not bored and falling asleep or acting out or playing, you know, so to speak in church. Uh, I think the same thing needs to be developed for young people. And I know we have a research therapist in the midst, but I, I, I charge you with that mission because I, I see a lot of people going through things that they don't have to go through if there was a smoother transition uh, in terms of being in church. Because sometimes you got to sit down and just listen and learn. But that's hard for children, especially in a world where they have technology and all these other outside digital influences that make it hard for them to want to sit still. And, you know, I went to holiness, Pentecostal, and then Baptist. So I spent days and hours in church. In church. Yes. But it no, wasn't it until is. I was an adult that I was able to bring my creativity to it. And I, and I didn't know, you know, they didn't have a lot of those things in church when I was younger where you could do the pageants, maybe at Easter or Christmas. But throughout the year, I was just sitting there, nodding off, head getting heavy in church. Um, trying to stay focused. And then it took me being an adult and being able to come there. And I physically was introduced to the church as an actor. And I did a play at that church for the first time. And that's how I was introduced and, and decided to stay because I found a space for me. This is what I can do. I don't have to just, you know, sit and be, you know, a parishioner or just listening to the word. I can actually be a part of it, you know. And, but uh, for both of you, um, how is that true for you? Well, how do you see that being a truth uh, at all? Well, um, just to say, listening to what you were saying, I think mm -hmm. that's really beautiful. And that should definitely be the case. Um, of course, there's a lot of learning that needs to be done. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. there are some things that are not even discussed because they haven't been discovered. Mm -hmm. uh, nevertheless, uh, I think that is a beautiful approach because we really have to step back and let God do his work. Because yes. yes. God is going to draw them just like, okay, yes, you know, you're a child, you're gonna go to church with me, yes. And, and uh, when they get a little older, you know, they really don't wanna go to church that much. They, they choose to, want to look at television they want to go out and play you know they want to do mm -hmm. all of this but no you can't play right now you're going to church nevertheless mm -hmm. um if we don't know how to reach them or cultivate what god has placed in them yes yeah we can lose them mm -hmm. we can drive them away mm -hmm. know, but if we allow god to intervene if we pray that prayer 
and just put them before God. Just like, it's just like dedicating your children to the Lord. Just mm-hmm. like um, Samuel's mother did. Hannah, mm-hmm. she, gave, she gave him, she lent him to the Lord. And God did with him what he wanted to do. So mm-hmm. we have to learn to do that with our children. Just give them to the Lord, leave them in his hands, and he will bring them around. And, tr- and trust is a big thing that goes into that. Because first yes. you have to trust yourself and knowing that you mm-hmm. did all that you could do and you did what you were supposed to do. Trust your child that eventually they'll see it because it becomes yes. their choice ultimately because God gave us all free will. And then trust God that he got all of this under control. But I think yeah. we are void of trust and we just know our spiritual uh, decision. And we take trust out of all of it. So it becomes hard. So now I'm forcing you to go. Now, you know, I'm kicking and screaming because I don't want to go, you know, and then I'm I'm praying to God that he put some wisdom in your head versus praying that he put some trust in you, the individual, mm-hmm. uh, to know that the whole system is going to work itself out. And it has to be a twist because some children have to learn the hard way. Some children mm-hmm. just get it. And it's just in them to get it. And we have to trust in them. Um, for you, um, uh, young Sheila, <laughs> uh, how does it? Uh, how has this journey been for you? Because that's it's not, you know, it's a lot of work being a, a practicing uh, and devout individual. So how how has it been for you on this journey? Um. Well, like like even uh, as I said earlier. This was something I grew up in, and even to answer a little portion of the question that you were talking about, mm-hmm. as a child in church, uh, having some having something to keep your attention while you're there, because you're not old enough yet to mm-hmm. fully understand everything that's going on. Right. But uh, you know, I come from a church that started with young people. I start our church started in 1962, and okay. I wasn't around back then, but mm-hmm. you know, I've heard. But it started I say, with, you look good. You look good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. They say black doesn't question. <laughs> but um, it started with a bunch of young people. They were in, you know, in their 20s and teens. Mm-hmm. And so because it was only them, they were put to work. So it became a tradition that when young people were in the church, when I was in the church, there we there are things we, we could do. So we had a choir, we had our own um like a like business meetings and things like that for mm-hmm. for young the young people. adults ministry mm-hmm. yes for the young adults and we were active okay. uh, we would you know take trips and do things like that uh, and it was made to be exciting mm. but there can come times like you said when you're just made to sit yeah. and if it's not in you like I, I have uh, two brothers and um, I love church. So if we were going to church, I'm like, yeah, let's do it. You know, we're going mm-hmm. to church. And that was that was my excitement. I love church. There were other children in church. There were, you know, we, there were a lot of us. Um, but I just remember listening and taking everything in because that's what I wanted. I wanted to live like that. I wanted that joy that the saints had. You know, they're dancing and they're singing and they're and we, we, you know, as young people, we got to play tambourines, we got to play the instruments. Uh, some of the, some of the ones who were gifted, you know, could play instruments. 
some of the ones who were gifted, they would preach, you know, and that was something to see as a young person, mm -hmm. somebody, you know, young preaching, like, what can God use me like that? That it was the, just the interest mm. of God actually using you. But you if didn't you didn't feel have separated it, from it. That part. Mm -hmm. that, and if you do, that can cause that, well, I'm just sitting here, you know, just watch them. Here we go. <laughs> He's going to preach for five hours. Mm -hmm. But if, if there's a connection there, like this can be me, you right. know, I think for me that that's what it always was. I just always knew that I was supposed to be saved. So yeah. um, I, I loved it. I never left. And I, I think a lot of us, especially I, like, I think a lot of individuals, period, know why they're why they want to be in church or why they want to be connected with it. But when you don't. And not just, you know, after sermon or after church or mid church, whatever uh, activities, but really, really figuring out what that spiritual gift is for that young person. So they yeah. feel a part of because what happened to me as an adult, I did all the things in church that I would have done if I was a child being able to expose and come mm -hmm. as myself. Like I joined the dance ministry as an adult. I, I, had, I was in charge of the drama ministry. I, so I got to do all of those things, but as an adult. And I, in my mind, I was saying to myself, if I was able to do these things as a child and that space be made for me as a child, I don't know where I would be spiritually right oh, now. And it's, yeah. no, it's no shoulda, coulda, woulda, because God has a plan for everything. But, mm -hmm. uh, and maybe I was supposed to come to that church in that moment in that time and discover mm -hmm. my relationship deeper deeply uh but just imagine uh and and yeah. i went to churches that were predominantly elders so it wasn't you know the children just shh, sit still mm -hmm. and that was that was the extent of it so i can only imagine other children that may be going through that same thing and being able to be you know push into that space where we're doing plays and we're doing you know, you're dancing, you know, I, it was, people looked at me weird because I was with all these young people, but I was discovering myself in my early twenties as terms of my spiritual walk beyond me just, you know, going to Catholic school or, you know, us being starting off Baptist and then being Pentecostal and then me going to holiness church with my godmother. Uh, but really being able to have a mission yeah. versus just sitting and learning. I was doing that Monday through Friday. So I got to come in here and do the same thing on Sunday. <laughs> I need some variations of that. At least in school, I go to gym class and music class. And, <laughs> you know, there's some, you know, in between all the praying. But yeah. Sunday, I just got to sit here and listen, just listen, you know. And I think a lot more children will, will be saved sooner and will choose God sooner and, and more consistently if they had something to do and you realize what their spiritual gift was. And then, you know, and I speak of that because that's what happened to me when I first started going to church as an adult, we had spiritual leadership training and I realized mm. what my gift was and I didn't have to, everybody thought I was going to be a pastor because I did all these speaking things and, and as a child, but you know, I'm an artist who can do plays that speak to God's plan and I'm more of an evangelist. I don't, I had fears of standing in front of a congregation, but my pulpit now is the stage or now. program. So and I think us finding that and giving that to children sooner, I think miraculous things could happen. 
as a yeah. result of it. Do you I all think. agree with that or does yes. that sound a little off? Well, no, I, I can see that quite plainly because of your experience mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. how you explain that. Because right. now you've been in that position mm-hmm. and you know what that's like. So mm-hmm. what you have to offer is the experience and expertise to reach more yeah. people. Mm-hmm. And now we can start this with the generations that are coming now to instill that in them and to right. help them reach the youth because every little generation is different in its own entity. And mm-hmm. it takes someone who has the means or the tools and the things that God has blessed them with to be able to reach them. So somebody of an an, older generation may not be able to relate to the youth in a way that someone like you who have experienced what you experienced Mm -hmm. to reach them. So I believe it's, there is a, um, a certain group that God has chosen and assigned to you. Mm-hmm. As with others, just like with Apostle Paul, he tried to minister to the Jews, but they could not receive what he had to offer. Mm-hmm. So God mm-hmm. chose him to minister to the Gentiles. And that's where his ministry was. That's what was assigned to him. And he right. did it well and he was effective. So with mm-hmm. us, you know, we, we sometimes try to minister out of our vocation. Mm-hmm. Amen. <laughs> Praise mm-hmm. the Lord. But God has a way of bringing us back and uh, putting us in the direction we should go. Right. And to minister to the assigned group that we have to minister to. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like a fight when you're in your lane. It doesn't right. feel like uh, a struggle when you're in your lane. Exactly. Um, and I, I remember the pastor of the church I went to. Uh, shout out to Pastor Dr. Ruth Travis, uh, who first gave me that um, leadership training because things were going, was chaotic at our church and people were doing things that they wasn't supposed to be doing, mm-hmm. you know, and it took me back to being a child where my my entertainment was mocking my pastor. You know, when you do yes. the benediction at the end and I would sing that song when I would go home and I knew it was something in me and my mother would never be mad at me but she she never wanted people to see that but because she thought I was mocking the the service but it was really that's how my grandmother said well you know he's listening because he's able to follow along and read it you know repeat what he heard so it may not sink in yet but it's in him so let's start from that point you know but once I got that leadership training and was exposed to it it didn't, some people just messy. Let's just be honest. Even if they're in church, you know, people have to realize the church is a hospital and Amen. not the perfect perfection that they expect it to be. Uh, but know. it really put things, it balanced things out because people were doing the things that they were best at. If you are usher, that's what you should be good at serving. You know, if you're on, you know, the trustees, you should be good with money. <laughs> you, yes. you know, there's certain gifts <laughs> that people were doing that wasn't their gift. Um, hey, Katrina, uh, you said she says happy uh, that God views you in different spaces. Yes, 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 yes. So, uh, in terms of you 
to ministering and performing together, is this something that you do solely out of service for your church or did you go outside of that realm as well? Or go no. out to other churches or other uh, speaking engagements? So sometimes, go ahead, mother. Go ahead. You were gonna say something? Yeah, I was just gonna probably say the same exact, exact thing you were gonna say. But um, sometimes most, you know, we're in our services and uh, sometimes we might get a, um, a visitor who happens to be a pastor or sometimes we meet people and they'll find out that uh, she is uh, a pastor, a preacher, and they will invite her to preach at, her, at their church. And because mm -hmm. I'm with her, she might ask me to sing before the message or they might come in and hear us singing um, and playing the instruments and they might invite uh, me to sing and then, then they'll find out that she's a preacher and they'll ask, ask her to preach. That's usually how it goes. Yeah. yeah. That's, yes. So I'm, I'm glad that you you decided to join her and, and coming on stage and performing. Uh, uh, and, and even though you all are playing yourselves uh, in this production, um, it still is an open door and you know, you never know where that may take you. So I'm always interested in how theater can be a tool to help people. Um, and that's been my ministry. That's been my walk for a number of years now. And I've seen amazing things happen when you stay in your lane yes. <laughs> and do what it is that you're here to do versus trying to do everything and be everything. Because uh, we know there are a lot of false prophets out there and not necessarily yeah. because they're, they're saying the wrong things, but they're just not following their course as it was probably given to them. And then catastrophes happen um, yeah. as a result. Um, what are you, is this your first play that you're doing? I know your Actually, daughter has a list of plays she's done, but is this your first one? This will be my second one. Okay. And the first okay. one I was in was in God's Trombones. Oh, okay. And I So you were one of the ministers. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, I, I led the prayer in that. Okay, okay. And I really enjoyed it. And a lot of people don't, some of the plays that I did at my church, people don't realize that they're actual plays that are centered around church yeah. and, and, and don't even realize that's where, that's the origin of theater was mm -hmm. church uh, mm -hmm. and how it came out of Africa and just started spreading around the world. And now what we know to be theater uh, is definitely a message driven platform. Um, that can be used for anything. Uh, and especially, uh, Gosh Ramon is definitely one of those pieces uh, yes. that is <laughs> definitely church-centered uh, and message-driven. Um, do you think you will do this more? Well, you see, I'm doing this one because daughter signed me up. <laughs> so <laughs> it's almost as if I had no choice in the matter. Mm. And... Uh, well, it's a possibility that I will do it again. Mm. Um, you know, it's just that being uh, in this pastorate position and mm -hmm. having so many things going on, time mm. is limited. Yeah, yeah. But uh, of course, you know, like I said, if I can contribute in some way, mm -hmm. maybe I can reach someone. Uh, I had mm -hmm. people come up to me and say, you made me cry praying that prayer, even though it was a theater. You know, the prayer projects, I, and I must say that 
that's one of the ministries that God has given me is a prayer ministry. Mm-hmm. So it came out in the theater and it reached mm-hmm. someone. Mm-hmm. And so we don't know where we're going to be, but we ought to always be ready to be used by God. And that's, that's, that is what theater is for me. That's what being an art, artist is for me. Um, and I've tried to walk away from it many times and I found myself coming in through the side door, coming through the roof or, you know, finding my way back to it because it's, people don't realize you can be an artist the way you want to be an artist. It's not one cookie cutter Hollywood image of what being stars are. Um, and I've, I've had a couple of shows and I have a show tomorrow where we're speaking on Will Smith and what's going on with him. And, and that is a prime example of how art will often imitate life and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And if you are ready to receive it, it's going to change you. And, and, and as Denzel said to him, at your, at your peak of success, the devil will come in yeah. and try to use you. Uh, and it, it just, it says a lot about where we are as people in our community now. How, how, how do you think uh, your talent and your gifts are, are best suited for the community? Or um, I'll ask this way, uh, what do you see as something that's needed right now? Looking at situations like a Will Smith stepping out of character after 30 some years um, and and we're, based on what his mother said, for the first time in his life, stepping outside of character. How do you, how do you think these types of things, where we're ministering to people creatively, can help a Will Smith or individuals like him? In my oh, opinion, oh, go, ahead. go ahead, Ma. No, I let you go ahead. I was just going to say, in my opinion, I think. Well, you know, for me with singing, there's healing there especially if, if you've ever been in a crowded place and you turn on the song that everybody knows and people start mm-hmm. singing, they start looking at each other. And, you know, there's a sense of connectedness mm-hmm. that song music brings uh, to folks. And um, so that's one way the community could, can be, you know, healed. And we're in community theater. Right. So, uh, and usually one of the prayers that I pray before I go on and do a show it's heal somebody through this, God. Touch someone, yeah. encourage someone through this, even if it's just me. But it's something, in my opinion, that it, healing needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and just to piggyback off of that, um, sometimes people are broken. Mm-hmm. People are wounded. People are hurt. Mm-hmm. And again, there's a something in them when I watched that I could see that he looked to the part of him his his other half Mm -hmm. being assaulted or feeling Mm -hmm. like okay an attack so he immediately took on a different stance and Mm -hmm. he was protected Mm -hmm. even though you know it wasn't directed at him, but it was indirect, and it mm. still hit him. Yeah, and, and so I'm sure he was not expecting to respond that way. Right. But sometimes there are things in us that we don't know are there until a certain circumstance, regardless of how many years, that when that circumstance arrives, when that time for the test comes up, 
Will mm-hmm. we pass the test or will we not? So it's more of preparing ourselves yeah. for the tests that are ahead, that we don't know how we're going to respond, but it's good to store up some prayers and ask mm-hmm. the Lord in times like these, I need you to step in because yeah. that was a, a moment of loss of control. Mm-hmm. But I believe he gathered his composure after that. A series of things that happened, but what happened already happened. Mm-hmm. You know, but, so the healing process begins. Is, is this a, a space that we're in in this world where we're just, um, and I, I've been paused throughout this pandemic because I think we finally got to see who people really were behind their smiles, behind their mm-hmm. anger behind this personality quirks. Um, and it, it it scares me a little bit because I don't, I think people have always known who they were and they do, they act out anyway. You know, I, I've seen so much gossip happen and so much, you know, back and forth and talking about and, you know, changing the narrative and creating there. And it's, you know, this is a time that I feel like church the the people of church need to really get out of those pews get out of that building get out of that safety space bubble Mm -hmm. and activate Mm -hmm. you know um so many uh so many uh pastors were just hell-bent on going to church and going back to that safety net and going back to that comfort zone that they didn't see how them being on Facebook every single Sunday was changing so many people and bringing so many people who would not feel comfortable going into the body and building of a church. Definitely. And it was breaking. I just saw so many people tuning in to services and going from this one to that one and, and sharing them out and writing messages and how that was changing people. And now we're, we're trying to go right back to the building. Not that the building is the problem, but we definitely need to figure out a space and a way to keep that going mm. because church was reaching people that wouldn't typically get be reached. I agree. Agreed. So, so as we, uh, as we close out today, um, what are some last messages that you want to share uh, with, with people about your ministry, about your talents, even on the academic side of what you're doing? Any messages you want to leave the people with? Um, you just uh, trust God. And uh, if, you know, the last point you made about how, you know, church can in, in, in this time be more, more of an outreach kind of ministry. I heard one of our ministers say one time that the church has left the building literally mm. because of the pandemic. And to us, you know, those of us who are in church, who are in ministry, if it is time and it, it happened, you know, not saying that uh, this was ordained uh, specifically, but um, it happened, it was allowed to happen. And in this moment, we have a chance to do more outreach. So don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to go where God is leading you to go, pushing you to go. Don't be so quick to run back to safety, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know if you've heard the last question, 
uh, but I asked uh, your daughter any last minute messages that messages that you may have for uh, just community, just for people and humans all alike. Um, this this pandemic has taken us out of the building and really broadcast the message of God and salvation through Facebook of all places uh, on a continuous basis. And there are some churches that are still in that virtual platform because it was so much uh, overwhelming and overpouring support from it. Uh, any message, last messages you want to give as we end today's uh, interview? Yes. Um, the thing I can see about this, uh, the pandemic brought about many different changes and I feel like God was in it because now, whereas we were gathered together in the buildings, mm. we didn't have the outreach that we can that we have now or the impact. And more and more people are beginning to see that the scripture that Jesus talked about to his disciples is that the works that he did, greater mm. works than these shall we do. Because now we have means to reach overseas. We can reach all around the country mm -hmm. through virtuality. And we are getting the message to people who are in need. We are able to pray for them virtually. I mean, mm -hmm. of course, the prayers we pray are connected to the Lord directly. And that's the spiritual part. But at the same time, virtually, somebody can hear that prayer, that intercessory prayer for the community, you know, mm -hmm. for the world. And um, I feel like this is an expansion of the ministry of Jesus helping us to reach even more because this gospel has to be preached to all the world and mm -hmm. then the end comes. It, it's, I receive all of that. And I, I'll close out by saying, by saying, no matter what your platform is, where it is, when it is, I, I go to church here, but I also attend uh, an online service out of Nigeria. I would have never been in that building all the way over in Lagos had it not been for this catastrophe that we've been in the midst of for the last two years. But no matter what your platform, whether it be a theatrical play, whether it be through song, through dance, through art, you know, through psychology, no matter where you may find yourself or your platform at, uh, just be, just be that vessel, be open to it, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. be, be giving, you know, stop trying to store up every single blessing because those mm -hmm. blessings that was, that was given to you aren't all yours. Mm -hmm. Sometimes he let us hold the blessing and give it out, you know, and he uses us as that vessel. But I thank you all for joining us. Um, if you want to see these two young ladies, um, perform and give you ministry through voice, uh, definitely come on out to the play God. Oh, I'm sorry. Ain't that the gospel truth? I got a little choked up. Uh, ain't that the gospel truth? Open it up. Uh, what's the opening night? I should know that. I should know that. It should, if it's mid-May, so come on out to that at Arena Players. And I believe that is the 20th that is opening up at Arena Players, and it runs two weekends, the 20th, uh, 21st, and 22nd, and I'll be on stage the 27th, 28th, and 29th, so come on out. Uh, it's my birthday weekend, so come on out, <laughs> enjoy us, uh, get some words, see some theater, bring a friend, 
um, and some phenomenal yes. singers. So thank you again, ladies. Thank you yeah, to thank Sherman, you. the group that came before you all for joining us today. Amen. And right. any, anytime you want to come back on, just holler at me and you're right. welcome to come back on. All right. Thank you so much, Nate. Thank you. Enjoy your day. Thank you for tuning in to the Artist Exchange Radio Show. Don't forget to tune in every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, specifically this month, because you'll meet a lot of the singers that will be performing uh, alongside me in May at Arena Playhouse. Uh, so thank you all. Don't forget BigSposedRadio.com and BigSposedMedia.com. Check them out. Uh, peace out, everybody. All right. Thank you all.